Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Manly Hanley Podcast. This is the podcast with no limits on what we'll cover. I'm your host, Randy. Have a snack, sit back, and relax. This episode was recorded on Sunday, March 20th, 2022. All right, I really don't have anything to talk about today or anything to note because I just covered this episode on a thought. Did not do any research, really. Just looked up a couple sources, but didn't cross-reference anything been a busy week almost didn't record tonight but i just decided i should hit record and do it anyway i want to stay consistent even if it's garbage coming out of my mouth so uh today's episode i'm kind of kidding but there's some reason to this episode um pretty much you know being a homeowner any homeowner probably knows this is you're going to have some issues with your house sometimes but um mine is you know this is something that's happened in any house i've owned i've owned you know this is probably my third house i bought in my life Um, and you know, quality issues, I'm going to say, I've been getting to think about this, just being in different houses and things that, you know, you realize like, man, I wouldn't have done it this way. And that's the problem, right? It's like, not everything's going to be done the way you would want to do it. Well, I mean, but this comes, this, this episode's coming today because of, I think, quality issues and skill trades issues and the way things are rushed nowadays. Uh, in particular, our driveway on a brand new house. This house is two years old. The driveway's crumbling, starting to crumble. Now, this is a either a, a mortar mix issue or a issue of treatment in the weather. Perhaps it was poured in the rain and not covered. That can that can cause shaling in concrete. But um, it got me to think about like you know, is it a skill trades? Is it is it a quality issue? What is it? And obviously, this isn't just about that issue. It's about everything. The, the way things are built today and the people that are building them, are they the same as the people that were building them, you know, 40 years ago? And that's where I started Googling, I guess. <laughs> um, so you can tell this episode is just, I'm winging it hundred percent. Not just, you know, I'm going to be re- I'm going to be reading from articles. I'm not going to be reading off my show notes because really there are none. So just commenting on some sources, one, one website was called esub.com. That's E-S-U-B.com. And the other one was Business Wire, which I've seen. I mean, they write, they have a lot of, I don't know if they're source articles, what, but I often find good topics on that site. So um, let's just jump in. And, and this, maybe this will help, you know, my thoughts on, is there a quality issue or is it because of, you know, the way the world's moving and the, you know, the housing boom, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things like things need to be done quickly. Right. But still there's, there's, there's permits and local laws or, you know, things that need to be passed. Right. So you can't just get away with anything. Right. Or can you? (laughs) So, um, there's an article from, let's go back to the oldest one. This one's 2021. I think the other one, yeah, this one was from 2017. So back in 2017, the economy was doing pretty well. I think can't remember back perfectly, but doing better than it is now, I believe. Um, but there's an article from eSub talking about, it's about construction. It's a website that talks a bit about, about construction, but it's about the impact of a skilled labor shortage in construction, particularly. And this has been going on for a while, I guess. This isn't anything to do with today's economy or, 
you know, this is, this is a few years ago this was happening. Again, 2017. This is early 2017. This article was written. But the impact of the skilled labor shortage in construction has continued to plague the construction industry since the recession, 2007 to 2011, where approximately 2 million construction workers were let go. I remember this. I remember being in my first house when that happened. And yeah, friends losing their jobs, getting laid off. And ever since then, the construction industry has not been able to make up for this loss of skilled labor and has struggled to. So again, this article is in 2017, but this is where I'm going to jump back and I'll jump up to a more recent article after this. So it's showing you that it's it's been going on for a while. So um, this inverse relationship between the availability of construction jobs and the availability of a skilled workforce is only going to continue to be a problem in 2017 as the promise of new infrastructure is coming from the new administration. The promised growth of new construction projects should be exciting news for the... Okay, whatever. So here are some ways the skilled labor shortage has impacted the construction industry. Many people are scared to join the construction industry. The recession and layoffs of 20, 2007 to 2011 led to the loss of many of the skilled construction workers and professionals who had been in the industry for a long time. After the people were let go, the construction industry was forced to start from square one since many of the skilled workers were already let go and nearing retirement age. Because a lot of these, I mean, if you're a roofer and you're getting near, you're not going to keep going like when you come back necessarily. It's some jobs are just so hard on you. And I have friends that have done that. Um, you start to walk funny. Your posture gets screwed up. I mean, there's a lot of things that that can happen, right? Even with today's, even though today is a lot easier than it used to be for, you know, on our bodies and all the regulations we have and safety protocols, but it's a lot better nowadays. But, um, all of the uh, people, also many of the younger people entering the workforce have avoided construction as a career path due to its volatility of job security in the past. Mind you, two of the subdivisions I've seen built for my uh, my own here and family, the workers tend to be younger, younger than me at least. And well, I don't, I'm not going to say everybody younger than me is not necessarily skilled in their trade, but you start to see some things here and there that are just kind of, whoops, you know. Quick, done quickly. You know, nails are still used for a lot of things instead of screws, right? It's quicker to go pop, 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 pop with a nail gun. Screws hold longer. Come on. They do. What if I built my own house, would I put screws in the floorboards? Yes. Instead of nail, I don't want nail pops coming out. That's what happens in newer homes. I see it in brand new homes all the time. But um and another reason about you know, related to this article, you know, kind of I think helping me make a point to what I see in quality of work nowadays, there's less of focus on trades and vocational schools. Another reason why fewer people are entering the construction workforce is the lack of emphasis on the trades in high school and college. Now, when I was in high school, there was a trade school we had. It was like a tech center, and it was really cool. And they did have building classes, and, and I think those people that go to those are very skilled. That's important. But there is, I guess, lack of emphasis on these trades in, in high school, which I think that sucks. I'm big on if you don't have to go to college for a job, do it. Don't I mean, don't go to college if you don't have to for your job. Now, if you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be, yeah, you got to go to right. That, I mean, there's there's you need it for those kind of things. But if you're going into a skilled trade, why don't you just learn the trade? I don't have to pay for all that other bullshit that's not going to teach me what I need to do. And I think there could be less of this nowadays. I grew up in more of a, a I guess I'd say like a blue collar area. And those, those type of jobs were, and, and trades were available. But then again, I was in high school a long time ago. I don't know if they exist anymore like they used to, but that stuff was really useful. And those people did get jobs 
that I knew that went to that school, they did get jobs very young and you get to start working right away. And that's great. You make money and start a family, you know. But um, most young adults are being guided toward the traditional four-year university routes and never considered learning a trade. And that's where I think some people get lost in college. When somebody that doesn't know what they want to do, they don't know if it really is college is going to help them. They're just going to figure it out there, right? I don't always think that's necessarily the best path, but that's me. Uh, I did go to, I, I did take some college. I didn't do a four-year degree. I'm doing just fine with a two-year degree. But I, I have a, a particular trade that I'm, I'm skilled in, I guess, and it's IT. And I'm kind of more of a skills-based guy. I learned doing things on the job over, you know, over my, the course of my life and just tinkering on my own. Am I a Steve Jobs where I did it out of my garage and made billions? No, but I'm doing just fine and I'm happy with my path. But again, maybe college is for you. I mean, a lot of people that went to school for computers, maybe they kind of change subjects. Maybe you started with graphic design and then you decide you like something else. That's cool too, right? You can figure it out. But back to this uh, construction stuff, there are few apprenticeship, there are fewer apprenticeship programs. Uh, one I remember out of high school was hearing that my, this, and this was huge. There was an apprentice, uh, apprenticeship program. I think it was for the pipe fitters union. And I remember just like hearing, and this was a ton of money hearing this in high school. $80,000 people were making like after three or four years after being an apprenticeship for, I mean, that's insane when you're like in high school and you're hearing these numbers. Like, I mean, I could make 20 out of high school at that time. I mean, just for like a, I don't know, 14 hour, 13 hour, $13 an hour job. Right. That's, and then you're hearing these jobs. Like I could go learn to be a pipe fitter, you know, learn on the job, go take some kind of, you know, standardized test that they have for the pipe fitters union. I remember, and I just, I remember thinking I was going to go do it. And I just said like, no, I like computers and, but nothing against pipe fitters union. That's cool stuff, man. You can make some big bucks with being skilled in that trade. Right. So uh, I don't know how popular that program is. So 22 years ago when I was getting out of high school, I guess, that was around. Maybe it still is. I don't know how big it is, but it, I, I guess people lined up for that. <laughs> so the lack of these apprenticeships has also led to less skilled young workforce overall. If construction firms were offering apprenticeships, it might not only attract young workers, but it might it would also act to head start these new workers on their skill sets so they might become highly skilled construction workers later in their construction, in, in some of these trades early in their construction career. I did know one person that did it, and he was making buck. He was making good money out of high school, more than I was, and he was a pipe fitter. So that was, that was great. My cat's watching me across the room. Oh, and I didn't announce in my room that I am actually announced about this, announced this... <laughs> can't talk tonight because I'm on this laptop and I'm sitting real weird. I'm actually in the loft of my house because I have my recording setup moved into there to play my drums and I do not have my office set up with my mic. It's completely separate now. So it's kind of weird <laughs> being out here. I, I don't have multiple screens. I'm just on my laptop like a, a starter podcaster, I guess. <laughs> so um, less qualified workers pose safety concerns. So th think about workers comp claims. Think of... Um, you know, this is a concern, especially it says with high stakes job like construction, where lack of skills can mean very devastating results. I mean, heck, if you don't know how to use a nail gun, maybe put it right through your toe. I don't know. That's that's, that's a claim. You got to be careful, right? So there's a rising cost to both project owners as well as to contractors. Costs of construction projects have risen for both project owners as they are forced to pay more to get project comp the project completed on time as well as 
for contractors who have had to increase compensation and benefits to attract new talent. Just sounds unfortunate to be in that industry, apparently, unless you're the person that, you know, designs things and makes the money in the end. But um, I'm not going to read this whole article. It's super long. I'll post the source to it. There's a few more paragraphs and that's it. But it says, you know, in conclusion, with the promise of new construction jobs only continuing to grow, there has never been a more vital time for the construction industry to take steps to combat the skilled labor shortage. Small steps taken to reposition the construction industry as a viable career option for new entrants to the working world will make a massive difference for the construction industry in the long run. Okay, whatever. Let's go to the next one. Business wire. So fast forward from 2017 to March of last year. This is exactly a year ago. This article was March 18th, 2021. Millions of Americans affected by a pandemic. So now we're talking about the pandemic here. And now you know what happened if you've been awake for the last two years about the construction and material prices skyrocketing. This this happened between administrations. I'm not pointing to any politics or anything. Shit went up. I mean, the cost of of things like a, a, a Trex board for my deck was like $80 or $88 a board. That's just the material. (laughs) That's expensive, right? It's a lot of money. It didn't used to cost that much. So the skilled trades labor shortage, predominantly driven by a mass exit of baby boomers. So we're still talking about that years later, especially those who have little to no experience in the trades need job training. So it's for people looking for work, these younger people, right? What I'm getting at is I've seen people, you know, using a hammer and nail and nail gun and it's just fast, right? I'm I'm not saying all boomers are, you know, yes, I am. Boomers were better at construction in general than (laughs) people that I see nowadays. I don't know. I mean, just from what I've seen, there is a lack of of skilled trades. And um, it's not necessarily the young generation's fault. They're getting into it, into a trade. They're not getting maybe the training that other people got on the job. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but let's read on and see if this tells us anything more because I did not research this. But in the company, um, okay, here we go. Let's let's talk about this one. The skilled trades are in dire need of workers right now. And keep in mind, this is 2021 when things were, yeah, things were were growing, and we need them, right? We need, we have the the demand and people paying to to buy stuff, right? So there's a high demand for apprentice level and skilled labor positions. These are steady, well-paying jobs that hold a bright future, even in an unpredictable economic climate. True. Things are still going up right now. Construction's being, it's happening in my, in my area. So for the millions of Americans who are struggling in their job hunt right now, our message is simple. Consider a career in the skilled trades. You, I think you can never fail. Here I am 20 plus year, 20 something years later, and it's still in demand. If you could, you know, you can have a job in this. So that's cool. It's like, I can think back now. Because I remember worrying like, oh gosh, I don't know if I'll have a job if I'm a construction worker. I don't know if I could make money doing that. Computers, everybody needs, you know, we always need technology, which is true. But hey, here we are. Fast forward to, I mean, I could be working for a couple decades and I'd still be solid doing this. which That's awesome, right? So in this company's analysis of hundreds of thousands of skilled trades across the nation, People Ready, that's who did this, found the following helper and apprentice level areas in most need of workers based on growth in demand over the past month and length of time that jobs typically remain unfilled. God, that was a long ass sentence. Okay, so plumber apprentices, 
Job postings have increased by 24% in the past month, and jobs are sitting unfilled for an average of 29 days. People need to use the bathroom. I mean, you can't wait 29 days. Uh, the next one is roofer apprentices. 50%, 39 days. That's where they sit unfilled. Wow, damn. That's I think that's the biggest one on the list right there, yeah. Um, so, and what if the roofer has to go poop? I mean, he doesn't have a, a plumber, this job sitting unfilled. I mean, we're in, you know, deep doo-doo. Carpenter helpers, 12%, 28 days. Hmm, I guess that's why my house has some issues. No. Uh, carpentry apprentices, 33%, 31 days. Construction workers, 17%, 27 days. Uh, electrician helpers, 15%, 27 days. Well, electricians are super high demand from what I see, but yeah. Um, I guess all these guys, if I call them for the job, they're just going to say they're busy. I mean, it's, I don't know. Unless, unless you just call the old guy that kept his job because you know he's going to do a good job, right? Um, the median hourly rate for helper level skilled trade jobs is $16 an hour or roughly 33 grand a year and can pay up to 50% higher with additional training. All right. So yeah, I, I basically, this, this episode was, might've been useless for you to listen to. So I, I really want to apologize if you wasted your time, but if you got something out of this, you can thank me. So it goes both ways. You, you can thank me or just hate me. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I hope to get back in the groove next week where I'm kind of settled in here. I'll talk about the room a little bit. Um, having band practice. I, I do practice with a band um, in this loft where I'm doing the podcast. And it's been it's been kind of fun. But I also kept the mixer out here because we also use that for live sound in, in band practice. And I just route it to my laptop now instead of my desktop computer and record to the laptop. It's kind of a pain when it comes to reading show notes, so it's not going to be as smooth as it usually is. Not to say that I'm ever prepared for a podcast episode, but it's still fun to do it. So uh, I guess with that, I'm going to call it a, uh, a weekend. I'm done. I'd like to thank you for putting time aside to listen to the podcast. Make sure you follow the podcast. If you're a new listener... I would love to hear from you. Visit my website at randyhanley.com and leave a comment. Send me an email with any questions or comments or vulgar words. I don't care. Just randy at randyhanley.com. And then follow Randrums on Twitter. I'm never on there, but I just kept that Twitter name since beginning of time. I'm also on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, uh, as Randrums. And I'm also on... What is it called? Oh, forget, I always forget the name of the other social network. Just these new ones I signed up for. I signed up for a bunch of new ones. Uh, let me look on my phone. How about that? Uh, Truth Social. It's another uh, free speech network, apparently. And I'm on there as Randrums as well. So, thanks a lot and have a great weekend. <laughs>